0: The season of Advent is now in full swing once again. Unfortunately, I think many people have lost sight of the original purpose of Advent. It's a time where we are meant to look forward, not back, to the coming of Christ, just as some 2,000 years ago, Israel groaned for her Messiah. In looking forward to Christ's second coming, we explicitly examine our own readiness to undergo the judgment. Because of that, it's also meant to be a penitential season, like Lent, only slightly less severe. In fact, the little Lent was the original name for Advent. Unfortunately, we have a tendency to schedule holiday parties and celebrations before Christmas, in Advent, rather than during the octave of Christmas, where they would be more appropriate. But whether in Advent or Lent, the pillars of any penitential season in the church are always the same—prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. As Christians, we urgently need to recover Advent as a time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, rather than eggnog, mistletoe, and office Santas. In the Gospel, we meet John the Baptist, whose life we could say was a kind of perpetual Advent— a constant waiting on the coming of the Lord, proclaiming to all who would hear, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. The location where John was preaching his message was the Judean desert. I've been there and it's a very desolate place, even today. It's like the planet Tatooine from the Star Wars films, just dust and sand and jagged rock formations and barren mountains as far as the eye can see. For the Jews in that time, it was a place of penance. Here, many people, including Christ himself, were coming out to receive the washing of baptism as a sign of repentance in the River Jordan, which was on the far end of the desert away from Jerusalem. Christ received this baptism even though he had nothing to repent of. Indeed, John famously said, I am not worthy to carry his sandals. John even told people that it was, in fact, Christ's baptism that they really needed, because he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Even so, Christ received John's baptism as a sign of affirming John's ministry, as a way of affirming that John was living in the correct orientation towards the coming of the Lord. Well, how was John living in the desert? exactly the way the Church tells us to live this penitential season of Advent, by prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. First, John was preaching repentance. One can only preach repentance if one has repented themselves. His camel hair clothing was a sign of his own repentance. The way one repents is through prayer. Yes, in the new covenant, that culminates in the sacrament of confession. But the root of repentance itself comes from our prayer, which gives us the grace to turn to the sacrament in the first place. John was, first and foremost, a man of prayer. Second, we know that John was fasting. He lived on locusts and wild honey. The asceticism of John's life in the desert shows us that he was renouncing the pleasures of the flesh. Third, John was practicing almsgiving in the truest sense of the term not by giving money per se, but by giving of himself. He was working to see that others receive the gift of baptism, by which they would be prepared to receive their Savior, Jesus Christ. Yet we can intuit another reason why Jesus would have gone to John to receive his baptism, not just to affirm John the Baptist as a model for us, but also to strengthen himself for the 40 days in the desert that he was about to undertake. While Jesus was in the desert, he was presented with the threefold temptations of Satan. First, to make bread from stones in order to satisfy his hunger. Second, to throw himself from the parapet of the temple in order to prove God's providence. And third, to worship Satan in order to receive power over all the kingdoms of the world. It's this that shows the connection between the penitential life of prayer, fasting, and abstinence that defined John the Baptist's ministry and the high spiritual warfare that Christ engaged in with the devil in the Judean desert. Because when Satan was tempted by Christ to throw himself from the high wall of the temple in Jerusalem, Christ responded, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Well, that's exactly what we do when we don't repent. We put our Lord to the test. We challenge the Lord to save us despite the hardness of our heart. And the reason why we have this hardness of heart, this challenging, and diffident spirit, is because we don't submit ourselves to God in prayer. And because when Satan tempted Christ to turn the stones into bread, Christ responded, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. This is what fasting is meant to teach us that the things that naturally sustain us like food aren't really what keeps us going in the end. God is our only true nourishment for eternity. Finally, when Satan tempts Christ to worship him in exchange for all the kingdoms of the world, Christ responds, the Lord your God shall you serve, and him alone. Yet God in his great love for us has made it so that we love and serve God each time that we give alms which can be time or talent or money to those in need. Because he said, "Amen, I say to you, whatever you do for the least of these you do unto me." Alms-giving properly understood is the giving of self. It's the sacrificing of the love of self to the love of Christ by recognizing Christ in the face of our neighbor. It's taking heed of the word, taking heed of the words of Jesus Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Christ's temptation in the desert are a window into the Christian life. Each of us is presented with the same sort of temptations that Satan waved in front of Christ, even if in a less dramatic form. And Christ's responses to them show us the intimate connection between prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and what it takes to win those eternal spiritual battles. Advent is meant to point us to the end of time, to when Christ will return in glory. St. Paul tells us that in the end, only three things will matter, faith, hope, and love. We can say that these correspond to the practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that we have been talking about. Because faith is the fruit of repentance, which we obtain by prayer. And hope is the fruit of trusting in God alone which we learn when we fast. And finally, love is the fruit of self-giving, which we do by charity. We would do well to take up the model of St. John the Baptist in this Advent season, to see the connection between his asceticism and the spiritual journey that we are all undertaking. He is not a sidelight or merely a preview for Christ. Rather, his very manner illuminates more fully the life of Christ that we are all called to imitate because we remember the words of Jesus himself. For John the Baptist came neither eating food nor drinking wine, and you said he is possessed by a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you said, look, he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by all of her children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.